Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, and today I'll be talking about something that pretty much everyone I talk to holds resistance towards, sales. But before that, I just want to take a minute to tell you about some of the upcoming guests that I'll have on the show in the next month. First up, I'm interviewing the amazing Jennifer Haley, who has many great achievements behind her and with a background in nutrition, fitness and skin science, Dr. Haley understands the true integration of wellness and its effect on skin health. And the next guest is Bethany Walkermeyer, a model who is featured on magazine covers all over the world. And in addition to being a serial entrepreneur, she's also super passionate about ending human trafficking. So such an amazing interview that one. And finally, I have interviewed the holistic fashionista who is all over everything holistic, astrology and manifestation. And in between that, I have a lot of juicy topics in store for you. So you have a lot to look forward to here. Now, let's get back to the dreaded S word. <laughs> I hear some variation of, I just don't like to sell from pretty much everyone I coach. But the matter of the fact is that if you want to be an entrepreneur and build a six, seven or even eight figure business, which everyone seems to be talking about, you need to come to terms with sales. Most of women I work with are in the more mindful, spiritual and holistic space. And whenever we start moving into the topic of money, most of them become very hesitant, resistant or downright defensive. <laughs> so comments like, I love what I do, but I don't want to seem salesy and I don't want to put myself out there and try to sell people are very common. What they want is for clients to come to them, but forgetting that people need to find them and know about them in order for any sales to be made. And, you know, it's certainly possible to have people come to you, but that comes from a very different space and vibe than I need clients and I want to make a six-figure business. And obviously you need to have eyes on you in order for them to buy from you. So I'll talk more about that in another episode, the marketing around it. But in all of this, there's one core underlying issue and I'll tell you what it is in a minute, just after I get you to do some own introspection for a moment. I encourage you to stop the podcast straight away to answer these questions. What do you make sales mean? What is so bad about sales? What if sales could be good? You might get some resistance around this last question, but stay open and question what's behind the resistance that arises. Now, what I want you to come to terms with is that sales is not bad. It's actually just neutral. The reason why you don't like sales is because you focus on yourself and what you will gain from it, not what you can give the client and how that can help them. 
when you're focusing on sales with the focus being on yourself, the underlying thought that you're having is I'm taking their hard earned money. And when you approach someone from that mindset, they sense that we don't give people enough credit for what they're able to sense and pick up on on a subconscious level. Remember, vibes don't lie and most people actually do pick up on it. I want you to realize that what you feel they will feel. So if you're feeling icky because you're coming from the mindset that I'm here to pretty much take your cash, they will feel icky about you and your offer as well. Most women and especially those in the industry of helping others mostly aren't driven by the numbers or the money goals, yet they want to earn good money to build a life that enables them to thrive. And that's okay. You don't have to be driven by money goals in order to succeed or live the life that you want. I'm not. I mean, I enjoy having money to spend on the things that bring me joy and that I feel will contribute to making the world a better place in one way or another. You know, having enough money to buy organic food that helps reduce the chemicals used in farming buying quality clothing that lasts for a long time, buying organic skincare and other products to also help the environment, support other small businesses at a rate that is sustainable for them instead of mass-produced cheaply in a third world country by a multinational corporation. <laughs> so when we earn more money, we have more money to vote with. Votes that go towards a more sustainable and balanced world. That might seem like a slight digression, but it does link in with what I was just talking about. The major underlying issue for why you don't like sales is that you're focused on you and not the client and what they will gain from buying from you. I mostly work with women that offer services, so I'll speak to that for the rest of the episode, but this is just as true if you're in the business of selling products as well, so keep listening. So let's dive even deeper into this. We've established that you have a thought error in that you focus on yourself and not the client. The next layer of that is that you lack belief in one or more of the three factors, belief in yourself, the service that you offer, or belief in the client. To illustrate this, I worked with a client the other day who is a trained therapist with 10 years of experience. She had absolute confidence in therapy and the methods that she was using, in other words, the service. She also had absolute belief in clients benefiting from therapy, that they both want and need it. So what she lacked was belief in herself. The reason I said trained therapist earlier is due to the university closing down the therapy courses and some issues with money on her end. And she was never granted the official certification for the therapy education she did. She missed some practice time and so she didn't get the official degree. However, as I said, she has 10 years of experience, so she certainly has enough practice, even more than many therapists with degrees. I coached this client on sales and her initial response was, no, I, I don't want to sell. I'm not that kind of a person. However, consider this. Selling is just letting people know what you do and that you can help them. So 
In the example I just gave you, this lady lacked belief in herself and her ability to help the potential clients, so much so that she felt icky about offering them help. And I see this in so many new coaches and therapists. Let's just say imposter syndrome is real. Like the first thing they think about is, oh, why should they come to me? There are so many other good ones out there and I will do a whole nother episode on imposter syndrome because it's such a severe <laughs> and deep topic uh, and it applies to pretty much everyone. So yeah, I'll cover that for you as well. So coming back to the example that I was just giving you, I told her that there are so many people out there who have mental and emotional problems that would love to pay someone to help them feel happier and more fulfilled in their lives. Her focusing on the thought of not being good enough who am I to help them and, and other imposter syndrome related thoughts means that someone out there who would love to get help from an experienced caring therapist who is passionate about what she does doesn't get the help that she could provide and she doesn't get to build her business. <laughs> I also recently coached a woman who just finished her own coaching certification program and amongst other things that she wanted coaching around in terms of starting a practice was a concern that the training that she had received might not have been that good. We're talking about the tools that she uses in the service that she provides. In this example, one of the reasons why she didn't like the thought of selling was because she simply didn't know if she had the best tools to help someone and therefore it didn't feel good to offer the service. The final component, lacking belief in the client, also comes up a lot. A typical example is, yeah, I think that they want help, but I don't think that they can afford it. Or, I just don't know if there are enough people out there who wants this and where do I even find these clients anyway? So do you see that when you're lacking belief in either of these three aspects, it's going to be hard to sell. Someone calls this the belief triangle, so let's go with that. It makes it easier to remember. Now let's have a better look at what focusing on the client means. Take yourself out of the equation completely. <laughs> so be neutral. Before you even think about selling to someone, get to a point where you are completely detached from making the sale or not. What you need to be focusing on is, can I help them? If you see that you definitely cannot help them after you've properly cleaned up your mindset around the belief triangle, do not sell to them. However, if you can see where they need help and how you specifically can help them, show them that. But don't, don't tell them, you need me. Have them realize it themselves. Show them where they're stuck and what you can do about it so that they can do the math themselves, seeing that you might be a solution to their problems. Also, when it comes to pricing, I get a lot of questions around that, what to charge. And the simple answer is that you as an entrepreneur can actually decide. So you need to make sure that the price that you set benefits them and you. Sell yourself on why that price is good and then stick to it. Some might argue that the lowest price is the best for that client and the highest possible price is best for you. So where do you set the price? <laughs> Put yourself in their shoes. Do you think that they would show up 100% every single session if the price was just $10 per hour? No! They might not even show up to the session sometimes. So by setting such a low price, you don't give them the full experience of having skin in the game and a feeling 
of really going all in on committing to this process and committing to themselves. So to illustrate this, when you buy a $10 pair of sunglasses, you wouldn't take care of it as well as you would if you bought a pair of $1,000 sunglasses. So in most of the cases, the price dictates the perception that the buyer will have of the product or service. So in the case of the sunglasses, they're both made of glass and plastic, but you have a completely different relationship to the two items. So price can also indicate quality and some people won't buy cheap coaching because they think that you might not be that good if it's that cheap. On the other hand, if you sell something at a higher price point, they are likely to perceive your service as a higher quality offer, someone with more experience and having more results to show for. If you set a really low price, you might also hold grudge towards the client, feeling like you give such amazing value, but you're not appropriately remunerated for it you're not getting as much value back as you're putting into them. That way, you are not showing up on your A-game and providing the highest quality service for them. Furthermore, if you have a lower price, you need to have more clients in order to earn enough. If you have to take on too many clients, you end up stressing and worst case, burn out. And that doesn't serve anyone either. Not you and not the client. Another thing to consider is that people don't actually buy the service. They buy the result. So if you're a wellness coach or holistic therapist or a naturopath or uh, you know nutritionist, what your clients actually buy is getting more energy to spend with their loved ones. A healthier and slimmer body better confidence, better sleep, etc. What do you think people value those things at? Feeling more energized and happy around their family, being more present, finally fitting into that amazing outfit, feeling good about themselves, having higher confidence to be who they really want to be. A lot of people are willing to pay good money for those results. Money is just a neutral tool and people value what it can give them. Think about it. Money is just a number sitting on a digital platform called the bank or a piece of paper with numbers on them. So people don't even want to be rich, really. They want what it means to be rich. They want the holiday, the travel, the houses, the cars, the lifestyle, the freedom, the choice, validation, recognition, the power. <laughs> so the list goes on and people obviously want different things. But it's never about the money. It's about what they can get from it. So if your potential client really wants the things that you can actually help them with, they're happy to pay you for it. Again, let's look at an example going to the hairdresser. It might be really expensive to get those highlights, get that haircut and the hair products that goes along with it. But you want your hair to look good and feel happy about your looks. The hairdresser you have to go back to every so often to keep it looking the way that you want. When people invest in a coach or a therapist or a health practitioner or a service that will teach them new tools and techniques, will not only give them short-term results, but will provide them with long-term upgrades that they will have with them for the rest of their lives. Saying all of this might have it sound like I'm saying that super high prices are the best for all parties, but I'm not saying to overcharge either. 
there needs to be a balance between the value you're giving and the value that you're receiving. Setting a price too high can actually bring up some shadows from your subconscious and you can feel anxious that you're not delivering as much value to the client that this price would reflect and the client might feel the same and therefore you worst case could develop a bad reputation. So you need to just find a sweet spot where both parties best interest is met. And if you want some help with that, just shoot me a message on Instagram at Martina Thomason Coaching and I will get back to you. So as you might have picked up through this episode, an offer is all about perceived value, whether it be a product or a service. So your job is to look at the client from a neutral space and see what they need. Tell them how you can help them. Ask them how that will benefit them and then hold space for them to make the calculations themselves. Obviously, there are finer details that I can teach you about signing on clients, but that's the essence of it. If you're interested in learning more about my process specifically, just send me a message. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people ask me, how do I even find clients? But we'll say that for another time because I really want to give you some proper value around that and um, look at some of the details. So, so make sure to subscribe so that you can get the memo when I post the episode. To wrap this episode up, if you haven't already changed your perception of sales, these two points might make things click for you. So the first one is when a waitress comes over to your table and asks, what would you like to order? You don't feel like she's pushy and she doesn't feel that she's putting herself out there in the way that feels uncomfortable. The mutual understanding here is that the waitress has something that the guests want and the guests knows what to choose from. So there's no resistance towards the sale. Number two, you actually sell all day long whether you know it or not. So you sell yourself on getting up in the morning. You sell yourself on eating healthy. You might sell your partner on what to have for dinner. You might sell your friends on going out for a drink one night. The difference is that you have no resistance to that sale because, because you have no resistance to the outcome and you're not thinking that someone is taking anything from anyone. So that's how sales can be as well. Sales should always be about creating a win-win situation for the client and you. So I hope this episode gave you some great value and helped you see sales in different light. If you found it helpful, send it to someone who might also need to hear this. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Jennifer Haley as well and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review, five stars for good karma. And if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business, if you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email details are in the show notes over at my website martinathomason.com have an amazing week cheers guys